Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast. My name's Amit Man. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for tuning in all season because, hey, the season's over. Wow, that sucks. I, I'm not really sure what to do with my time these days, and so I'm going to talk to Katie Heindel about what she's been doing with her time and also with, with what the Masai Jerry Nick Nurse talked about uh, during their end-of-season availabilities. But anyways, Katie, how are you? How are you filling your days? Because I'm not really sure how to do it. I mean, my days never stop filling up. Uh, this was a conversation I was having with our colleagues around the game. Uh, the last like few playoff games as everybody's seasons were looming and close to finish and mine wasn't. But that's okay. Yeah, that's what happens when you're a general NBA coverer. Um, but it's a bit sad. I have to say it was kind of a relief watching this next round of playoff games uh, with no stakes. I don't mind it. I really mm. don't mind it. I got to say, I definitely have my rooting interests, Sure. but uh, to just watch a Sixers heat game. I mean, I guess I have specific rooting interests there, but the Grizzlies, you know, Grizzlies warriors can just sit back, relax and, and actually like enjoy a basketball game. Wasn't so bad. Yeah. I felt that a little bit myself actually <laughs> watching that uh, Memphis and who did they beat Memphis? I forget who they beat already. The wolves, yeah, <laughs> right? It's just all yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I was sitting there, I was like, wow, this is like a college basketball game right now. Like, there's so many talented players who are inexperienced, so they're making all these weird mistakes. This would be like a real head scratcher for a lot of the fan bases within this matchup. And um, like, I'm happy I'm not involved in this. It's kind of mm-hmm. cool. <laughs> so to that point, yeah, I don't need more stress in my life. There's enough already there. Um, but on the other end, I mean, just watching Nick Nurse and Masai Ujiri discuss the season and you can kind of tell that they were a little bit disappointed about how it ended because I think they felt like, you know, they had a really good shot at being the 76ers. I did too. And mm-hmm. you know, if Scotty Barnes doesn't go down, if Fred Van Vliet's a little bit more healthy, who knows what happens, but in the end, it is what it is. They got trounced in game six in convincing fashion. That was like their worst defensive game of the whole season. That's I how know. they ended. Wow. <laughs> worst. Uh, yeah. It was the worst time for that, uh, for that, defensive performance to, to kind of make itself known i will say they looked good in the first half but the sixers like they kind of the raptors just came out a little bit unbalanced mm. uh, and the sixers knocked them out i continue to be impressed by tobias harris i can't believe the playoff so good like holy mm-hmm. different pl- different person different player he re- he's really coming into his, his own there with the 76ers this season mm-hmm. he was the guy in previous years who was going to miss that shot whatever mm-hmm. shot you want to talk about he is going to miss it he was the person who was going to get rattled um when this when the pressure was high and this season it's like completely different uh, situation for him so congrats to him he's a big reason why they ended up winning that series definitely not james harden as foul baiting not at all that wasn't a factor anyways <laughs> Put it behind you. Yeah, yeah. Put it behind See, I'm not, you. I'm not bitter. <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, anyways, yeah, with the Messiah Nick, 
a few of the common themes throughout uh, both their end of season availabilities. It was winning, go figure, patience, Mm -hmm. and growth. Those Mm -hmm. are three things that really stuck out to me. But just before we get into all that kind of stuff, they both address these LA Lakers rumors in different ways. Nick Nurse, a little bit more coyly. Masai Ujiri, much more outwardly. (laughs) (laughs) It was hilarious. I feel like uh, Nick, maybe I'm trying to think what the fine would be, but Nick probably, you know, couches his views in the way that he's like, he's still in season mode. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's, you know, he's going to be purposely vague. He also might be purposely vague because I don't know. Uh, Katie, don't say it. Well, I'm not going to say it. Everyone can read between the lines. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah, 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 yeah. But I think the greatest... Obviously, the choice will lie with Nick, but I do take more comfort from the way that Masai approached the question uh, and like very outwardly joking about the question and all the other things he dreams about, um, you know, that seem as far off and un- unbelievable. Messy, Ronaldo. Realistic, yeah. Yeah, all those fun um, things. Yeah. Then, uh, you know, then the Lakers dreaming of uh, Nick Nurse in this case. So I took the most comfort in that, but I always take comfort out of Masai Ujiri's uh, end of season addresses, uh, his beginning of season addresses. It's just, he's a very comforting man in terms of uh, if you want to like a clear snapshot of where the franchise is at now and where it's headed. Though I don't know who, I don't remember who asked this question, but when um, he criticized someone, he was like, if you guys just gave me three more weeks, and you didn't make me do this presser now, I'd have more answers for you, which is not true, but I liked that he yeah. pretended it was the case. Yeah, I think it was Eric Kroon who followed up saying, yes, I'm mm-hmm. sure you'd be much more transparent mm-hmm. if we did discuss this in three weeks. And Masai's mm-hmm. like, absolutely, but obviously that would not be the case. Um, and I'm sure Masai Jiri is the one who decides when these happen. Yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah, he was, a, he was in fine form. Um, not as many like, you know, quotes, like ones that you just, you walk away and you're like, wow, that Messiah quote was so, so good. But there are a couple of good ones. Not to I mean, he's, he, he, he's put the bar so high. It's like when a movie series begins, like the first movie is always the best. And then the other ones are just trying to find a way to get to that level. Batman comes to mind, Dark Knight, the Dark, Dark Knight, the first one was always the best one. Anyways, that's just my opinion. But um, yeah, with those rumors, I thought it was interesting how Masai was just being kind of obnoxious in a way, mm-hmm. <laughs> as in. Well, they like, are obnoxious rumors. They are. I. I and it is an obnoxious curious. franchise. In, indeed, not the I Raptors. Why, no, the no, 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 yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, people understood that one. <laughs> I wonder why they're putting their focus, allegedly, reportedly, on Nick Nurse of all people. Like, there's a lot of coaches out there, and they had some issues with Frank Vogel, who was a defensive-minded coach, and you could argue that you know, based on the talent that they have on the roster, perhaps another coach would be a better fit. A Mike D'Antoni or something like that. I wonder why they're honing in on Nick Nurse, a person who, I mean, has some developing to do when it comes to his half-court offense, his offensive schemes. But defensively, obviously, he's he's a savant. I mean, he's a hot, he's like a hot name. Like the NBA does this, right? It goes through. He's a Betley. He's a Betley right now. Yeah. Like it goes through its coaching trends, like the coach buzzword names, like a lot of player buzzwords, kind of like not buzzwords. Their actual names are the buzzwords, but it's very cyclical. This is what happens. Um, Nick has not been to my knowledge tied to the Lakers interest before because they were ostensibly happy with Vogel in seasons past. Nick's name has certainly been tied to other franchises. So has Masai's. Um, it's a, it's a testament to success 
Mm. for the Raptors. You know what I mean? Like, this is not something that even like, I don't know, five seasons ago would have been happening. So it's not the worst kind of look to have when teams are looking to your leaders and trying to poach them, sure. <laughs> you know, and I don't think we should get that uncomfortable with that. Cause it's actually, you know, in a roundabout way, a sign of success uh, and, and a sign of, you know, imitation, highest form of flattery. But mm. that said, um, I can't see if we want to talk about how substantiated it seems Nick would not have much luck coaching the Lakers because it's not a coach driven organization, right? Like you, I think he would get pretty frustrated pretty quick. He would not have the freedom to build and develop and like do the kind of crazy schemes that he does. Like now, like Bobby and Masai just step back and let him work. Like in that presser, Masai referenced Nick is like, I got to go back and talk to my bosses. Bobby and Nick, right? Like it's just he, he very did. much has the keys yeah. to the team, and I and he would not in LA. Like that is just mm. not the way that that franchise works. Um, and I don't think Nick would be he'd be certainly happy with like the bright lights of LA and maybe the other partnership opportunities. He could get he could like guest on a couple other uh, stages for you know traveling bands and stuff like that i'm sure he'd love that that nn brand his nn brand would go insane it is great for the brand of nick (laughs) but luckily for raptors fans like the brand is not what leads nick nurse um yeah it like it's coaching and the coachability of his team and after what he's built and like the way that the team bounced back this season i think is an even greater testament to that right and the direction Mm -hmm. that they're heading in also like Masai couldn't have said it any more times, but his favorite word, winning, you don't necessarily go to LA and win right away. Look what happened this season, right? Like I'm not convinced that even they get a new coach and they don't do much of a changeup of that roster. It doesn't mean their outlook looks any better, you know, in terms of, yeah, like their wind chair. So I, uh, (laughs) there's not... Don't put too much talk behind it. That's all I'll say. Yeah. And, you know, if the Lakers don't make that trade for Russell Westbrook, they're probably in a much better shape with their, their roster. Granted, injuries were a factor. Anthony Davis being I like somewhat glass. You know me. So I know, just, I know, yeah. I know. But it's, it's just not, it's not a good matchup. It never was. And mm-hmm. it's like the idea of playing, in theory, sure, LeBron, Russ, and AD, you got three Hall of Famers <laughs> playing together, but that doesn't mean that's going to work. You it's know? also two, I'd say two out of three. Yeah. Not guys who really care at all what a coach has to say. LeBron, by virtue of like being LeBron James, rest by virtue of, I think, the player profile he's created for himself, you know, mm-hmm. over his career. Um, because it's, he's like, it's, I've said this before, but like he's too set in how he is and too stubborn to change. Like maybe he knows what the changes are, but he was not like, he didn't come up in that era of player where he's supposed yeah. to like, be a cooperator, you know, and do as the Raptors do, which is everybody does a little bit of everything. The Lakers aren't like that. Nick would be knocking his head against the wall. And Russ not having a jump shot really does impact his ability to point guard, I must say. But with Nick Nurse. Arguably. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> but with Nick, I think the the freedom, like you said, is a, is a huge part of it. And also, I mean, they've built this culture together, this winning mm-hmm. culture, and you need certain players to correspond with that culture. And the Raptors have all those players in house. And this has been something brewing for a little while, which is something Masai has talked about. You know, some of the players that are now no longer with the Raptors, DeRozan, Lowry, he mentioned Ibaka, Marcus, mm-hmm. all these guys who have shown the fabric have 
built that fabric of winning and how you do it. And now you have this new generation of players who are continuing that along. And so um, this is how Nick also coaches. This is how this, these are the players that Nick wants. And anywhere else he goes, that's not going to be there necessarily. Like maybe with the Heat, that's one team that comes to mind that already has that kind of winning mentality. But there aren't too many like the the Raptors in that way. And I thought it was funny how Masai at some point he he had said that you know there was a case a few a few cases this year where I see Precious doing things and I'm just like I go to Nick I'm like why is he doing this Why is he doing that And it was Nick <laughs> Nurse the one being the level headed one. Yeah, that's right. Nick Nurse mm-hmm. being level-headed, the guy that we see jumping up and down on the sidelines and yelling at referees, he was the one saying, calm down, it's okay. He's going to continue to build. He's going to keep on getting better. He was taking on uh, that Thad Young role, although I guess mm-hmm. Thad Young takes on the Nick Nurse role because he's a coach. But anyways, you get what I'm saying. He was the calming voice. And I think that's an important part of this too, is that these are all, uh, I guess they're all in this together, right? And they all have their own roles in it and they all respect each other's, um, what they contribute to this vision. And Nick Nurse is a bigger part of it as Masai Ujiri, just like Bobby Webster is too, because they got a profound respect for each other. And that's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a very overlapping um, symbiotic group. Right. And, yeah. and again, like the Lakers franchise is not that like from front office, like top down. Right. Like you don't even know, like there's like a lot of ghosts. <laughs> there's mm-hmm. a lot of like absentee um owner kind of responsibilities you know it's never necessarily clear that palinka was ever really aligned at all with vogel you've got like in their exit interviews players kind of throwing each other under the bus you have reports coming out that you know it was lebron and ad who were the ones gunning for russ which like you didn't really need a report to probably put that together that's the way lebron puts his teams together but you know (laughs) it just all goes back to what we said like the Nick is used to working in a very cohesive, cooperative atmosphere that's extremely competitive, you know, and like very tough, Mm -hmm. like super tough. Like before we started recording, we were talking about the Michael Grange profile of Pascal, where he mentioned that like Bobby and Masai went to see Pascal work out after his surgery, after COVID. And they, you know, the thought was they'd be like, oh yeah, you're improving. And they were like, you're not that good. You're not as good as we thought. You, you yeah, you're not to be better. You be. Yeah, smokes. you need to be better right now. So it's not as if it's like cooperative handholding, you yeah. know, like Masai said as much too. He's like, we can come in and, and be like hugging each other. And but he's like, mm-hmm. at the at the end of the day, it's like we want to win. So yeah. I again, you don't find that kind of ready pointed focus in LA. Mm. Nick's quote uh, yesterday when he was asked about getting back in the in the championship hunt, and he's like. I'm ready to get back in the hunt today. And he looked at whoever reporter like very sternly yeah. today, I'm ready yeah. to get back into winning. <laughs> so that is all you need to know. Like they are a three headed monster and that's why everyone is trying to poach them. That's the biggest thing. Um, moving on, Katie, what, uh, what else stuck to stuck out to you about uh, those end of season avails? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're always quite bittersweet, um, which yeah. is why I enjoyed them. I find uh, they're also quite truthful. I don't find a lot of canned kind of responses and answers from anybody. You know, it's a good, it's a good, good opportunity for players, especially, you know, players like Chris Boucher, Thad Young, a little bit players who are, and like, you know, all the, I think the deeper bench guys who are maybe not sure if they'll be returning, it is a good opportunity for them to state their intentions. The friend like Masai and Nick, they should already know. I'm sure they've shared those intentions and those sure. hopes with their coaches uh, and with Masai and Bobby, but I think 
hearing it come from them, you know, and, and like really thoughtful, uh, fairly candid, I'd say ways also with Mm. like the freshness of that kind of series loss weighing on them. I think you got to believe what everybody's saying. So, um, I, uh, I liked, I liked the accountability, I guess is a, is a good way to summarize it. Yeah. I thought it was interesting. The Masai and, and Nick, they were, they got deeper into why they play the starters such heavy minutes. And it was mm-hmm. more so Masai because I think Nick was just talking about, you know, the things that he needs to see from other players, but Masai kind of said it like point blank, like there is a standard that has to be met to get playing time with the Toronto Raptors. And there was a tiering when it comes to who is going to play this season. And so mm-hmm. you have been one of the people from the get-go when I was saying, Katie, this has to happen. Katie, that has to happen. And you're just like, it's a development year, Amit. It's a development year. <laughs> and you said it to me nonstop so many times. And this kind of goes into the same vein is that they had a tier of players that they wanted to ensure got playing time because mm-hmm. they needed those reps. Those are the players that they're looking at as these are the core players. You got to put them in uncomfortable situations. If it's Gary Trent Jr. as a ball handler and pick and rolls, cool. If it's OG Ananobi as a primary ball handler as a number one option, granted some of this stuff happened because of injuries. Okay, cool. It's Fred Van Bleet taking on different matchups. It's Pascal Siakam being the guy. And he has five people guarding him at all times. Seriously, it felt like that. And he has no three-point shooters around him, which is, again, something that they're going to address. But mm-hmm. all of this is going to contribute to all of them being better. But that's also why they felt like we're going to play these guys and we're going to make sure they get their 35, 37, 40 minutes because they need it. And then the players after that will find ways to get them sometime here and there. But we want to make sure this top tier gets it because that's those are the players that are going to help us win a championship and get back to that next level. And when it comes to, you know, figuring out those, like, I guess, eight to 13 rotation spots, mm-hmm. there seems to be some flexibility. It seems like they're, they know what the, the weaknesses are, three-point shooting, wing depth, potentially some, some, some sort of bigger center um, that could be uh, serviceable in some of those Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic matchups. They know all these things. And I think now they're going to look at addressing them because they've given the reps to other players in season and playoff reps to get for figure out what they, what they need to get better at. Mm-hmm. And now they all know, which is essentially mm-hmm. three point shooting for all of them. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I thought that was interesting. I enjoyed that candor. Like you're, you're talking about, because mm-hmm. we didn't really get that lens back uh, before we just sort of were told that, you know, we're playing the guys that are going to help us win games, but it was really because other players weren't meeting the standard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you don't ever get that until the end of the season, right? Like it is all retrospective, big picture stuff. Uh, And it's what's nice about it is you can see how it fits. This big picture fits into the even larger picture of whether that's like the next, I mean, for this team, that is the next championship run. Like that's always been the goal to get back to. Um, And I think the heartening thing is you saw with not so many adjustments, how close they can be to that and like how much more tenable that is than I think anyone thought, uh, even Nick and Masai going into this season. Mm. So I did like, I did like, you know, that Masai when I think someone asked him to whether he thought they should go out and get a center, <laughs> they should go yeah. out and get a center this, uh, like this off season, you know, and he made the comment, he was like, I mean, if they fit with what we're trying to do, then sure. Then yeah, but yeah. like the the idea again, enforcing the fact that it was never just about the position. Mm-hmm. It's not just about going out and finding the definition of someone to play the five. It's like someone who has to play the five, but also fits with 
like the, this like six, nine vision, sure. <laughs> right. The length and the strength and like all the, uh, like being able to stretch and like move outside yeah. of that role, which yes, yeah. that's mostly rare because the Raptors have all of mostly all of the players in the league. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. unless you get some kind of pro, like yeah. prospect diamond in the rough out of like, like, you know, overseas or the BAL or something this off season, I'm, mm. which I'm sure also the Raptors scouting department is aware well, you of that. They are, you bet they are. You're not, you look, you can yeah. look around the league and see yeah. what's there and who's available this summer. And I don't really think that many mm. uh, players fit the profile. So I did like to hear, Masai, you know, ex- as much as he did express, like sometimes his concern, like he was honest about what his concerns were during the season and the times he went to Nick and had some questions about why the lineup was doing what it was. Um, the fact that he's still sticking with it. He's like, you got to try things, you know, in this league to win, you have to decide how you want to win. And then you have to pretty much stick with it and make adjustments when it's clear it's not working. But what is clear is that this did work. It didn't mm-hmm. work as long as they wanted it to, and they had injuries to contend with, but sure. overall it is working. So I'm happy. I'm happy to hear they're going to stick with their guns in that sense. I love that the Raptors are so willing to look at a player and say, yeah, I mean, you can't shoot. You can't dribble very well. Um, you're not a good pick and roll player. You don't really rebound that well, but you are six, nine and athletic. We can so, teach you the rest. Yeah. <laughs> the rest. He has that much faith in their development system that they can make anyone a serviceable NBA player or someone that they can use in some capacity on the basketball court and could take one years, two years, three years. But they're like, hey, we got the 905. So well, he talked play down about there that too, that. which I liked. He was like, he yeah. talked about the development and he talked about the times when they've been wrong and they've maybe walked away too early because he was going on about the success of O'Shea Brissett, right? And like, oh, that he stepped deep. away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got to be thrilled for that guy, but like, yeah, yep. he did step away from the team and there was something about the fit that he found with Indiana uh, that like saw him flourish and like, that's going to happen sometimes. So again, to mm-hmm. hear Masai be like, we can't, if we call ourselves a development team and we, and we walk away f- from players too soon, then we're not really, we're not what we're, we claim to be, you know? And I like that mm-hmm. he mostly because this is what I have been preaching to you all season, but <laughs> Like that Guilty. he was talking about patience and he's yeah. like, that's hard. I know it's hard for fans, but he's like, that's also something that we have to keep top of mind. Mm-hmm. Right. Like as much as we want to win, we also have this other arm that requires utmost patience. And that's the developmental arm. You know, if anyone wants to become a Raptor, it's very simple. Actually, just you meet the you meet <laughs> Nick and you just say that you really want to win mm-hmm. a thousand times. And they're going to be like, you know what? I like the cut of this kid's jib. I like, I like what he's thinking. And so they're probably going to give you a 10 day contract and off you go mm-hmm. make a, then it's a proven moment, but uh, yeah, it's all about winning the winning culture. I was, I should have said an over under on the amount of times that we would have heard the word winning. Uh- There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What do you think it was? Oh, I mean, you could, that's a good segment. You could do like a little ding, 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 like go through some yeah. of them. Oh, that's a good idea. Maybe if I have time, I'll do that tomorrow. I'll listen back and I'll, I'll, I'll calculate it. Yeah. Yeah. Not to also suggest you have that kind of time, but um. (laughs) (laughs) it could be a fun one though. It could be a fun little, little thing to do. I feel like it had to be above 30 times. Oh, I was going to say 20. Okay. 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 You're right. There were a few questions that were sending centered around winning. So I'm sure within that there could have been, you know, four and 20 seconds, a couple Mm -hmm. of those. Um, Yeah. That could be a fun one. Maybe, maybe I'll do that tomorrow. Who knows? Who knows? Some little um, content, free content yeah. for you. Hey, I mean, we're in the <laughs> off season mode now, man. <laughs> Anything that's going to stick, I'll take it. Uh, on this development side of things, they address Malachi Flynn, um, a player who I think a lot of people felt like didn't really get a fair shot this season. Mm-hmm. And um, Nick Nurse, Masai both talked about him to to a degree. Actually, the way Masai brought it up was interesting because he was asked about, you know, why do Scotty and Fred players like that or, or what are you looking for? This is a question from Vivek Jacob, actually. Um, and he asked him, he's like, how do you d- identify the players that are within, you know, that fit your culture? Mm-hmm. And that's when Masai got into the whole winning things like, you know, Fred's a winner. Fred has won at every single level. He embodies winning. He does everything it takes to win. He is continuously pursuing, you know, perfection and trying to make himself a better player. So he fits. And then he just made a little turn saying, and I see these qualities in Malachi. Unprompted. He just brought it up. And this is kind of, again, the standard that Malachi has to get to. It's the same Mm -hmm. standard that Kyle had, which Fred had to emulate. And now Malachi has to emulate Fred Van Vliet. Unfair. Potentially, but this is kind of how it goes. And Nick had said um, during his end of season that he had just actually met with Malachi. And he said that, you know, we had a good conversation and Malachi still feels like he can really help this team. And to his credit, I mean, I think Malachi is going to get in the gym. He's going to get to work. He's got to become a knockdown shooter. This is Nick Nurse's words, essentially, right here, saying he's got to become a knockdown shooter. He's got to be one to get dirty. He has to pretty much become Fred Van Vliet. He does that. He's going to get playing time, but also Fred Van Vliet's an all-star. <laughs> Tough one, man. He's in a tricky spot. If any's if he's anywhere else, I think he's going to be getting stable minutes. But with the Raptors, it's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can see even the way he played through. I'd say the end of the season and like even some of his postseason. I mean, and that's it's, it was just that series. But some of the minutes that he did get, I thought he held it together really well. He yeah. he kind of showed up way more collected. I'd say, and, and looking much more assured than I think he did probably all season. And you're right on any other roster. I think that's the thing. Like the standards are so high here that on any mm. other roster, you know, Malachi would be your really uh, stable, good second option. Like you're a point guard yeah. coming off the bench for some teams. He would be the point guard. <laughs> Right, it's true. it's true. There are like I think of the Magic, or I think yeah. of the, like the Kings. Like there are the yeah. There's franchises oh, where not the Magic. They got Jalen Suggs. That's true. <laughs> well, I don't know. Mm. Uh, no, I think I think Malachi with his experience probably, or no, it's like kidding. an even. It's an you. even split. Yeah. I hear so you. yeah, no shade to Jalen Suggs. None. Not mm. not not in this podcast. We're not no. doing that. Yeah. No. Um. Anyway. Uh, so I, 
And I go back to what Masai said too, that like they can't give up on guys too soon. And they're, they're, it does require a lot of patience. I think again, like I've said this before, but Malachi Flynn got a really bad first season. Like he got a bad yeah. rookie year. It was very unstable. Um, he did not get the kind of minutes I'm sure he thought he would. You have like COVID folded into all that and the team, like him being in and out at various points of the season. And that's really tough. You can't get mm-hmm. reps. Like what he needs is reps and you can't get reps in, in that situation. So I, uh, I was, yeah, I was really happy to hear them say that about Malachi. Also, uh, hearing Messiah mentioned Delano by name as well. Yeah. Um, you know, just like to say, these are guys that they're still going to develop. They need to, if they want to stick around, but they're still going to, and they still believe that they can. Yeah. There's a real emphasis on internal growth for this summer. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of, you know, media members were asking like, how do you guys make sure that we're not sitting here today uh, as in, in a first round exit next season. And both of them, they said internal growth. That is like the first and foremost thing that they need. They need Pascal to develop his three-point shot. They need Fred to, I mean, be healthy. They need OG mm-hmm. to take another leap forward. Scotty Barnes has to have a, 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 a upgrade in his sophomore season. It's just like all these players, because this is kind of the uh, the, the idea, right? And mm-hmm. we're talking patience. And I'm sure some people feel like, oh, we've had our patient year. Although it was a terrific year, it's like, but there's still more patience required. That's, I mean, that's a very spoiled perspective when you think about some teams that have had like 12 to 15 patient years in a row. No, but the Raptors aren't that though. They're not, they're not like that. They're not. And I'm not saying they're going to be yeah, that, but yeah. like, you know. We're spoiled. Just no, your expectations. No, yeah. no, we are spoiled. We are absolutely yeah. spoiled. This was a development year and they won like 48 games. Like mm-hmm. we're very, very much spoiled, but that is uh, kind of the standard that they've set for for us since like 2010 going back to you know not 2010 2013 with Kyle mm-hmm. and Demar this has been a constant winning year by year by year outside of the Tampa season last year which I love that Masai also outlined was a, was a success because it helped them get Scotty Barnes mm-hmm. that is a way of thinking that I need to get better at that positivity that's like a way to spin things that is that is perfection finding <laughs> the silver linings yeah silver linings everywhere you. yeah but uh, it's going to be a lot of that. And I think the upgrades that they make, if, if any, if they do happen, they're going to be very, very pointed, very specific to what they need. And I think part of this too, is that maybe they need to find out how players are going to come back. Mm-hmm. You know, what if, what if, you know, Justin Champagne, a person that Masai Ujiri mentioned that, you know, maybe he's someone that could actually get rotation minutes next year. What if he comes back and he is just a knockdown, knockdown three-point shooter, he's getting offensive rebounds, he's a, a little bit, you know, he's, he's in better shape or whatever the case is, as every single player has to get in better shape. Um, maybe he's now he's a person like, oh, this guy is now going to be part of this mold, right? Be pressure the Chua, another person. But what if he just takes another leap forward? Mm-hmm. If everyone takes a leap forward, how many more adjustments do you need to make? And are you going to add on additional salary when you already are like, you know, top 11, top 10 in the NBA? Um, you're probably better off. You want to bank on personal development, internal development, rather than having to go through free agency to find insert player here. And so I think it's going to be kind of hard for them at times to really make those adjustments. But I, I would think that, you know, a person like that young, I don't think that they want to uh, pay him $14 million once again. And so I would imagine he'll come back a little bit cheaper if indeed it does come back, which it does seem like. I do think they want to bring him back. I hope he does. I really do. The way that they were talking about him, I do feel like they bring him back when you refer to someone as like the missing piece that you were looking for and mm-hmm. like basically dream, like, you know, dreaming about uh, yeah. is kind of like, as Masai said, that 
and then they got him. Um, but also just like what he did. And I mean, what he did in game four. Yeah. Game four. Yeah. Wait. Yes. Game four. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Is reason alo- enough alone to, to me to bring him back. And he did it so quickly, right? Like he uh, did it so fast. He fit in with the team. And again, he wasn't healthy. He was another person who just wasn't healthy. And Nick yeah. mentioned that he held yeah. him out of game game three or two. I think it was game two he held him out because he thought he wasn't. it wasn't a good idea to plan because he still was so hurt. Mm-hmm. And that's like, yeah, okay, no problem, coach. No problem. All good, all good. And so then he comes into game three, still not healthy. And he has that kind of performance. Um, yeah. All these guys, man, it's a, it's a pretty impressive um, roster of players that they have. And I, I feel like another person like Chris Boucher, a person that we're not really sure where he fits. And Chris had said, he said these exact words, I owe everything to Toronto based off of mm-hmm. how his season has gone and how he's progressed as a player. He's kind of found his, his identity as a player in the NBA. And mm-hmm. that's really hard for a lot of people to figure out. Because then once you figure that out, that's when you're really able to find your value as an NBA player. And there are so many guys, it's not really talked about how many guys just get phased out. They're certainly talented enough to be in the NBA, but they don't, they're not comfortable accepting their role. They don't want to be that eighth guy. They want to be the fifth guy or fourth guy or whoever, and they just don't find it. And then all of a sudden, a couple years down the road, they're not in the NBA anymore. And Chris Boucher, he comes from humble upbringing. Um, We know his story, his background living on the streets at one point in his, in his life. And now he's here and finally he's kind of found his mold and he owes that to the Toronto Raptors. And I don't see him, you know, turning his back. Now he's got a pretty sustainable play play flow with this now. And I think he's just going to continue to, to get better and he's going to be a great bench piece for whoever he ends up on uh, next season. I hope it's Toronto. Like he does really have that DNA. So entrenched, you know, in his playing style, not to suggest he couldn't adapt somewhere else because he absolutely could, but I loved how Boucher played in the Sixer series. I really did. Like there's times when you need that kind of, um, how do I put this? Like that, that high flying, like controlled loose cannon on the floor that Chris Boucher can be, that is that like can be very unexpected and disrupted disruptive rather to mm-hmm. your opponent. Uh, and that's what he was like, you know, and when you just look at the kind of like Kyle Lowry esque moves, like diving for loose balls, like diving for out of bound balls, like all the shit that you need to win a playoff series, like down the road. Right. And yeah, like, yeah. again, like I, I think most of the Raptors roster would do those things, but Chris Boucher had them prominently on display against the Sixers. So and he's such a good story, man. Like he is. And to your point, like finding that kind of comfort um, and skill with a franchise, I think it's worth. Like it's worth the Raptors reinvesting mm. in. I'm not sure if he's if he's that kind of money hungry player, money hungry person. I, I it just doesn't like you know based off like a few interactions with them through hustle play and stuff like that. He really seems like a person who just wants to stay in Toronto. Um, he didn't want to get traded at the deadline. He made that pretty clear, um, you know, through hustle play and also just like, you know, off camera, he did not want to get traded. He loves Toronto. Um, he seems like more of a homebody and mm-hmm. he's outlined that during the pandemic too. He's like, I didn't go anywhere. I just like sat in my room and chilled. Like he's, <laughs> I don't think he's going to, I don't think he wants to go anywhere. I'll say that. I don't think he really does, but in the end, I mean, money is money and it's his future. It's the future of his family. Kyle Lowry talks about generational wealth. All of these mm-hmm. are factors involved in this. So 
I mean, whatever decision Chris makes, the Raptors make, I mean, I'm cool with it. I would just, as you said, I'll echo, I'll echo what you said. It would be really cool to see him back because he just fits this team so well. Um, on the floor, off the floor, mentality, um, athleticism, mm-hmm. um, length, of course, he fits. So mm-hmm. it'd be cool to see him back. Yeah. Finally, as we close up the podcast, lots of conversations around Pascal Siakam. And Katie, you talked about it earlier on. Um, a player that uh, during his end of season, he was pretty candid once again with um, what he felt like his season was and how proud he was of himself, of you know the adversity that he dealt with. If you guys, I'm sure you guys know at this point, um, the comments that he faced, the racist comments, some of the you know, some of the things that were said to him about, uh, I mean, I don't want to get into it, but a lot of like a lot of comments that cross the line mm-hmm. and um, he took them to heart. He saw all of them. And that Michael Grange piece that you talked about, he really uh, outlined everything that he's gone through over the past uh, year and a half or so, or since the pandemic started and seeing his rebound this season has been really, really impressive. And to think that this is the first time in two years that he's going to have a full off season because the first one um, two years ago, was a pandemic one. And then the next one last year was uh, he was recovering from shoulder surgery. This is his first off season in a long time. And he outlined this too. He's like, I am a worker. I'm excited to tackle this off season because I want to improve. He outlined his three point shot as one area that he really wants to mm-hmm. get better because he mm-hmm. wants to be a, a three level scorer, And that's what all the great ones are. But yeah, your comments on, or your feelings on what Pascal or what Messiah and Nick said about Pascal. Uh, I think, I mean, it was probably the most touching. I think what Masai said about him, I mean, Masai himself was getting choked up, you know, talking about Pascal talking about that's, uh, that's the kind of guy, like, that's the kind of person I want on my team, you know, that's the kind of person I want to win with. Um, and I think, I think like, it's very personal for Nick too, but I think for, for Masai more, you know, like just seeing the kind of growth um, that Pascal has had as a player on court, but he's talked before too, is about just like a man off court and like the mm. maturation that he's had in his life. Right. Um, you know, I think of like some of the big milestones Pas- that have been really important to Pascal because Pascal has talked about them himself, but like buying his mama house, you know, and like his, like getting his whole family to like live on the same continent again. Like these are yeah. things that with some athletes you can certainly separate them from their career but i think you know with pascal uh, you get the whole, it's like the whole package which i think maybe that's what's frustrating for some people but mm. that's what i find just like so easy to like root for and like so like believable and just like true with pascal is um like <laughs> everything means the most to him all the time at once. So it can be good, can be bad, but, um, yeah, I think, uh, I, I, I believe, I believe Masai, I think on the coaching side of it, Nick saw how much, how many more opportunities he now has with the development of Pascal Siakam that if Pascal continues to develop this off season, if he goes away and does develop a, like a, I don't know, like uh, his own, like he's okay at creating his own shot, but if he gets better at that and if he could just kind of um, be a much more reliable three-point shooter, then like mm. just imagine the kind of uh, cap- like certainly half-court capabilities, but just like capabilities overall that opens up for the roster. So I think yeah. that Nick Nurse has got to be pretty happy about that potential. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I just kind of got, when you were talking about Pascal's growth, I just kind of, zoned out a bit thinking about about already 
how cool it will be to see what he develops beyond the three-point shot. Yeah. No, and sure. Um, I uh, There was a moment where Pascal or Nick Nurse was talking about Pascal and saying that there was an example where you know he'd get like 40 points and then all of a sudden the next day, eight o'clock in the morning, he's out in the gym and he's he's back to work. He's with mm-hmm. the coaches, with Mike Springer, um, Earl Watson, two guys that actually um, Pascal had mentioned, Nick Nurse had mentioned, guys who are very positive, really great influences on all the players. So that's something that you know, we talk about identity, developing players. Like those two should be shouted out for uh, their contributions this season because I think a lot of the players do like both of them. And mm-hmm. I see them on the practice court too with, uh, with OG and Precious and all of them. Just very, very positive, extremely positive. And you need people like that in your development system to keep players um, honest, but also, you know, keep them grinding, keep them looking forward and keeping them uh, feeling confident about their abilities. But with Pascal, I, as a person who like does, you know, a lot of social with like, you know, IG and YouTube and stuff like that, I see the difference in how content with Pascal performs versus like Fred Mm -hmm. or OG. And Mm -hmm. I can tell that there are people that feel a certain way about Pascal, not in a good way. They feel like he doesn't deserve the money that he has. They feel like he's not ready for, you know, the moment to be the number one guy and all that stuff. And there may be some elements to that to be true because he started basketball really late in his life. We kind of know that story, but I would encourage everyone just to look at him for who he is, the human being that he is and how much he's, he, how much he did uh, improve this season because he did take a massive leap. It's just when he's this good at this stage of his life, the, the, the progression is going to be very incremental. It's not going to be like, we're going to see him next year. We're going to be like, Oh my God, this guy's an MVP candidate, right? He's already an all-star. He could potentially be third all NBA um, this off season. He has a three point shot. That's a lot of easy points that are going to come his way. And it's going to make the Raptors offense a lot better. And also, you know, if everyone else gets better, like Pascal's going to be better because I, we said it earlier on the podcast, there is no room for Pascal on the court these days because there's no three-point shooting. So mm-hmm. 76ers, especially in that uh, in game six, they were like, I want to see someone else beat us. And they were finding some aggressive men- uh, methods to ensure that certain pockets of the court were available. And they said, I want to see Precious or I want to see Fat or whoever. I want to see those guys hit shots from those spots. And they did. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I said the number earlier on, but the Raptors shot 23% in the final three games versus the 76ers. That is god-awful. And that influences how good Pascal Siakam can be. There's no room on the court. Like, and, but to the same degree that does actually, you know, present why he should uh, have a better shot from the outside because he'll mm-hmm. be able to create better offense, but he knows this and just cut him some slack people cut him some slack. I'll never understand. Uh, like I'll never understand people that get hung up and like really bent out of shape but the money side, like it's not your money. And also like mm. these franchises are not going to run out of money. So they're good for it. And like, you should just chill yeah. because it doesn't actually impact you at the end of the day, how much anybody uh, in these situations is getting paid. Nor mm. I would remind people, but people don't like to hear this one. Does it impact tangibly the way that they play? <laughs> There's no correlation. There is not. And if a team wants to go into the luxury tax to, you know, let them. They're yeah, not going to gonna go bankrupt. Don't be worried about the, finance, like will the be finances of, yeah, yes. of NBA basketball teams <laughs> or the NBA at large. Exactly. They're doing and, great. And teams that win championships, they are usually in the luxury, luxury tax because they go all in. And so that is kind of just part of the game. And if the mm-hmm. Raptors do decide to do that, you're going to realize that 
yeah, Pascal Siaka making 30 million a season or whatever isn't that big of a deal because the Raptors <laughs> went way past the threshold anyways. So it's fine. We're good. Yeah. Before yeah. anybody accuses me of saying like, oh, I bet she likes a government deficit. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Governments are supposed to spend money. They're supposed to spend money on social programs. Thanks. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Good times. Um, Katie, closing thoughts. Anything come to mind? Uh, I really like where the team has ended up uh, this season, certainly well ahead of my expectations, which themselves were very loose and, you know, very forgiving. But even then, like they've surpassed my expectations. It sounds like to a degree they surpassed their own, though the Raptors uh, like internal expectations are always sky high. Um, I think when you just see the developmental track that players like Scotty Barnes are on, um, Malachi Flynn, uh, I think when you look at the wealth of talent that is just going to get better, mm. you know, I, we didn't even talk about ceilings once and I'm glad because I don't like talking about ceilings, but that's a great <laughs> testament when you don't attach that word to like your core franchise players. Sure. Um, and I, uh, I mean, we all trust Masai always. I do. Uh, I, I like that. He seems so it, like he's in high spirits. Like that's kind of mm. was my biggest takeaway of, of Masai's uh, exit interview is just like, he's in really high spirits. He feels really good about the team. He feels confident. Like I think going into the season, he was really honest that like it was a developmental year. They still wanted to win and there were still expectations placed on the team, but like it was not exactly somber, but it was just kind of like, there was a lot of gravity too. Like they were back in Toronto for the first yeah. time. Um, yeah. You know, it was more of a, it was more of a, I think an emotional homecoming, but sure. with this, you just see like kind of the ease. And I think the, like the overall confidence and, and like satisfaction of where the franchise currently sits and yeah, like that, I like, I will absolutely take him at his word for that. Hey, in a year that was supposed to not, provide us with any expectations we started yes. to have expectations because of how good they were playing on the court i mm -hmm. generally thought like i said earlier i really thought they were going to beat the 76ers and i still think they would have had they been healthy that is success that i thought mm -hmm. they were going to beat the fourth seeded team a team that has championship aspirations that are about to lose to the miami heat i thought they were going to beat them because i thought that they were going to be that they were a better team so there will be more uh, recap content from us over the coming days. Uh, so look out for that. We are not done. There will be some awards, some player recaps, all that fun stuff. Katie, thank you so much for joining me. Much appreciated. Everyone, have yourself a great night, great day. We'll talk to you soon. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.